Amazing. Now, we're not sure what these hyper-intelligent beings look like, but one thing is for sure, they've never heard of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's the, the Dostoevsky thing that people are hardwired to struggle. It's like the survival instinct thing. You know, if you don't have anything to fight for, if you, you're not fighting for survival, and one, really fighting for it. It's like, like drama queens at trailer parks. They need something. They need something to fight about or fight for or whatever. There's an element, I think, to, to a lot of us. I think to all of us, really. I mean, what are you doing with survival instincts at this point? Is it just sitting there like, <laughs> you know, uh, on Rome looking for something? It's still there. It's got to be active somehow, right? Yeah, it's just why can't we do something productive with it? Like, I don't know, try to get a deeper understanding of the human condition, maybe improve people's lives instead of just tear each other down and, and, and bicker and fight amongst each other over shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get that insight into human nature, whether we want it or not. I'm not convinced of that. I've been talking about that for probably a month now. But yeah, we're going to put ourselves in a position where it's just going to get so fucking bad that <laughs> we're not going to have a fucking choice at some point. I was watching this thing, you know, how the, the 50th anniversary of Woodstock's coming up, right? And there's mm-hmm. this uh, show on there. They do really, I love PBS's documentaries. They're some of the best things out there. And they have one on Woodstock. It's about an hour and a half, two hours long. They, they were half-assed. They didn't, weren't anywhere near finishing anything by the time this thing started, right? And all of a sudden, they got 200,000, 400,000 people showing up. And they didn't have fences. They didn't have infrastructure. They any way to get like food service or anything like that, no medical services. And all these people showed up and you could hear it in their voice. They're talking about, these are my people. These are like, we're all like pulling in the same direction. And the people in the crowd made it fucking work. You know, in like this spirit of cooperation because they were all headed in the right direction. That's the struggle thing. Like when you have, you have to pull together in order to survive. You will do it. As long as you're all pulling in the right direction or in the same direction. But as soon, like if you were to drop a bunch of John Birch Society people in the middle of that crowd and they weren't pulling in the same direction, that could that would have turned into a fucking riot. Or you introduce ridiculously overpriced things like 15 yes. bottles of 8-ounce water and, and no good conditions to even take a shit or piss in. Exactly. SS-style security cracking heads and skulls instead of just, you know. We give people a common enemy. Or yeah, you, and, and then just wonder why off. Woodstock 99 ended in a riot. That's exactly what I was going to talk about because I got to thinking, because I went to Woodstock 94, and that was really fucking cool. I mean, it was commercialized beyond what 69 was, but there was that spirit there. Like, people just frolicking around in the mud. You didn't have to worry about security. You know, there was an element of the 69 uh, psychology there. So I got to thinking about this. I'm like, what the fuck happened in 99? And that's exactly what they said. I went looking, I didn't, I, I wouldn't claim to have done real research on it, but I read a couple of articles like Wikipedia and a couple other things. And that's exactly what they talked about, Rich, was that you couldn't take anything in. Security was ironclad. I mean, you were being searched, so you had to go buy like $6 bottles of water. And there was no other place to get bottled water or food. Basically extorted for these mm-hmm. uh, apocalyptic prices, right? And it pissed people the fuck off. It did something to their psychology. And I lived, when I lived in upstate New York, I lived 20 minutes from that former, air, from that shut down Air Force Base in Rome, New York. Yeah. Let me tell you something about that Air Force Base where they, where they, they held Woodstock 99. It is a tarmac and nothing else. Yeah. Roasting in the New York summer heat. It's like 100 degrees that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a couple buddies that went <clears throat> and they were like, 
near the end, it was something out of a horror movie. It was like something out of a almost Mad Max without the, like, you know, the leather outfits. He's like, you know, you... Was there like, a flaming guitar? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, there was flames. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hold the rest of this for later. This is good, okay. actually, because I, I think what I'm going to... I was recording all that. I'm going to open the episode with what we just talked about. Nice job, guys. Uh, but I'm going to put together a piece, I think, tying exactly what you were talking about, Chris, with Dostoevsky and the struggle thing and that Woodstock thing. Because I think there's something there, like people pulling in the same direction and not having people in the middle of the fucking crowd antagonizing everybody because they're pulling in another direction. Do you guys have anything else specifically outside of, obviously, last weekend? Like I said, I've taken to heart your handful of last podcast and really started listening to both sides, mm-hmm. like the extreme side, like the, the more extremes. And I'm just sitting there going, holy shit, I'm just picking out shit that you pointed out. And I'm going, you can see this shit so clearly once you fucking know what to look for. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's every yeah, I, fucking I, 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 where. It's it with my wife. My wife decided the other, after not consuming any she decided for one day she was going to sit and watch the news all day <laughs> oh yeah oh oh yeah and you know how she gets her news YouTube how so do you fucking cool. do that to yourself oh oh right, let's get going let's get because, dude, let, yeah. let's, let's get going yeah. we, got, we, got, we have plenty of material you guys good yeah escapingthecade.com also on the christophermedia.net network and at etc pod on twitter your mom says it won't last. Your mom's an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. That's Todd, Todd Villa, bitch. Todd Villa X-Pod. Howdy, right, Tutsil Files. Welcome to another glorious, luxurious episode of the Escaping the Cave podcast. ChristopherMedia.net, also at EscapingTheCave.com. And if you dare, I don't know why you would ever check out my Twitter feed. It sucks. It's barren. All it is is me posting podcasts. But if you must, you self-abusive banshees at ETCBot on Twitter. For now, it may just go away one day. Sooner than you think. Speaking of ChristopherMedia.net, we are joined, or I am joined, it's not we, although sometimes the voices in my head make it feel like we. It's an affliction. Joined by Chris and Rich from the Unregimented Podcast over at ChristopherMedia.net. Hello, boys. Me again. Hello. Oh, what a week we've had. Oh, yeah. Aren't you glad to be an American? Outside, it's America. I, I wish uh, I would have thought of this. It just occurred to me I should have queued up proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free and shit. For a great few days to ignore the news. Holy shit. Did you guys... I posted this to my Facebook page the other day. I'm curious, since we didn't talk about this pre-show, this will be raw. Did you notice yourself Monday or Tuesday, maybe Sunday night even, just like if you were paying any attention to anything going on, information-wise, did you notice yourselves as a ball of anxiety? Not me personally, because as soon as I saw there were two shootings in uh, 24 hours, I'm like, nope. Disconnected? Nope, not doing it. Yeah, no. I know where this goes. Not doing this. There's an episode with my wife we can talk about. She is somebody who, who does not consume the news uh-huh. and decided all day Monday while I'm at work for like, Nine hours, I want to watch the news. And it's all YouTube clips, too. That's not news. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, I know that. It's interesting you bring up YouTube because there was a story on NPR last week about the left side 
of YouTube, which they call BreadTube for some reason. That is uh, all progressive people, influencers, talking heads, et cetera, et cetera. And they attack basically any media to the right of or center of them, or in the center and to the right, I should say, because they focus on logic, reason, and facts. That's their perspective that they only focus on logic, reason, and facts, and everybody else is full of shit? No, they're attacking the news who do focus on logic, reason, and facts. They said that they explicitly? Focus. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. You couldn't make this up and sell it. They go on <laughs> ideology, feelings, stuff like that. I want to gag myself. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I dip my toe into the water... And then as I felt my eyes pushing out of my skull because my blood pressure was going to fucking yeah. <laughs> stroke out, I was like, uh, I can't do this anymore. And even the most, I would say the most sane person I ran into still had some really batshit crazy bullshit coming out of her mouth. But she was very well educated so she could deliver it a lot better than the average person on that format. So she was hiding a lot of the bat shit crazy. But if you know what to look for, yeah. if you've been listening to Todd's show, and you should, be. you can spot uh, <laughs> you can spot the bullshit a mile away. <laughs> I, before before she was even finished saying a sentence, sometimes I was like, I can. I paused it, and in, in my head, I was like, I can finish the sentence for. Her. And I'm gonna say probably seven out of ten times with very little paraphrasing, I was spot on to what she was about to say. Oh, you don't need to quote it. It says, I, I said in the last episode that basically what you're dealing here with is a log of shit sitting on your table and you're picking away the feces to get it uh, either a cashew or a, maybe an almond in the middle. doesn't matter. It's still a fucking peanut. It's still the same fucking thing wrapped in various kinds of shit. You can tell, man. I've noticed this for 10 years, at least 10 years, that if you're dealing with one of these fabricants, as I call them, or these sectarians, you always know where it's going. It doesn't matter how ostentatiously. That's kind of what you're talking about here. If you've got somebody who's really articulate and really highly educated, it means they have more tools to work with to disguise the bullshit. It doesn't matter. The kernel, the, the core of it is always, almost always the same. And once you see that, once you understand it, you can kind of just shut the fuck off. Okay, deal, I know what I'm dealing with here. I know where this is going. And, you know, be polite and pay attention. But I'll make the notation in your head. Yep, <laughs> that was it. It's really hard for me to have conversations, even normal conversations now with... I had an exchange on my, on my Facebook page a couple of weeks ago. You guys saw it about with the, the chick who was talking about repar, uh, reparations, white privilege, and all that shit. And it's just the same standard bullshit. She's coming from a good place. She's a smart girl. She's trying to do the right thing. But you know where it's going. And yeah. Once you're aware of it, like you guys said, you can see that shit everywhere. It, it, it's deafening. I don't consume many things. And if I do, they're, they're all packaged to be consumed as entertainment. I can't do that. I can't sit here and just, like, chuckle. And it's like watching somebody... Inject a child with battery acid. That's stuff I don't even pay attention. For, that's what I'm saying. For me, I don't yeah. just. There's, there's just a lot of things I don't consume. There's just days I know, like let's let's not open up the news. And you're today. you're not any not. you're not any further behind than somebody who sits on their couch watching YouTube clips for nine hours a day. 
you are probably more informed than these people because they're misinformed. You're not missing anything. You know exactly where it's going. I mean, 10 years ago, I might have criticized you for that, Chris. Well, don't you want to know what's going on? Don't you want to be informed with the current events? <laughs> I would have done that, and I apologize. Hello, what's going on? Information's <laughs> filtering to me. Yeah, you can't stop it. Yeah, good luck stopping, like, just completely isolating yourself off from the torrent. Something's going to seep through anyway. But yeah, you you're, you know exactly what's... You're not any less informed. You're just less informed on the bullshit of the week. As far as the topicality goes, we've had gun control conversations over... And Have you noticed anything different about this one? Nope. You broke up there for a sec, Todd. What, what was the question? I heard Chris say no, but I didn't hear the end of your question. That was it. I just sat here silently waiting for someone to say something. No, I, I didn't. I, I, no, I heard you oh. start to say something. You broke up, and then I heard Chris go, no. So, Question was, did you notice we've had these, we've heard these, these gun control conversations after every fucking shooting for years and years and years. I said 10 years. It's been longer than that. Have either of you, has anyone out there in Podcastistan, have you heard anything different in this one other than the name of the cities? Uh, no. And they also brought out the, they, they trotted out one of their uh, greatest hits. Video games make people do this. <sighs> which, which I thought that, you know, we've had 20 years of studies proving that that's bullshit. So when they brought out that they drug that out, I was like, holy yeah. shit. They're really dragging out the greatest hits, ain't they? I thought you should have brought stock in the words white supremacy before last weekend because you'd have made a whole lot of money because the stock has risen. Well, that's that. that, Yeah, that's the new one. But that's expected, right? I mean, that is kind of new. You know, at least the volume of the white supremacy argument now is kind of new. But you knew it was coming. The way racism, I, I the racist is thrown around these days at everybody, everybody whom you, with whom you disagree, who happens to be a conservative, is now only disagreeing with you in their conservatism well, because you're a fucking racist. To be fair, didn't the one gentleman have a bunch of whole white supremacist literature? Of course he did. The, the, the El Paso guy? Absolutely. I, guy needed headphones? And eye protection. Hey, if you're going to commit mass murder, safety first. <laughs> yeah, what, what, you, what you expecting to die? What do you need the headphones for? <laughs> I didn't see that. He had headphones on. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had he had shooting glasses and earmuffs on, like you do yeah. at the range. Yeah, it's like like disinfecting the injection site at a fucking execution. Yeah, <laughs> we might have just talked about that on another show. <laughs> you make a good point. You, you make a valid point, Chris. And yeah, of course he was a white supremacist. He had his screed up there on 8chan. We can talk about that later on if you want to as well. But that isn't what sent him to the fucking Walmart with a gun. There's something else going on. There is a there is a vast gulf between hating people of color <laughs> and taking a what did he have an AR-14 or something like that, taking a gun to Walmart and killing 23 people or whatever it was. There's a huge gulf there. What is it? That's where the conversation needs to be. It doesn't need to be about fucking video games and shoot 'em ups. I'm playing them. I don't have an urge to go shoot anybody. I play these things to detox from your bullshit. They actually yeah, do this, me some psychological fucking good. Hey, are you <laughs> rich running out into the streets playing uh, baseball games? Because you play baseball all the time on the internet? <laughs> exactly, yes. I'm rushing the field at Comerica to take over for Spencer Turnbull this week because I'm really good at MLB 19, the show. 
you know, uh, that game is shit, by the way. I told you. It's the worst $40, 40 <laughs> game in a long time. I was hoping against hope, but whatever. That's a different show for another day. We can do one. Because right. <laughs> I hate that game, too. <laughs> I love the um, other ones, but not that one. There was something new that creeped into the very bottom of the mainstream consciousness of this last weekend that I noticed, which was people were starting to bring up, look, it's been the last 20 years these, ma these mass shootings have happened more and more. And in the last 20 years, what have we seen? We've seen an increase in single-parent households. We've seen an increase in medicating children, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the medicating children, that's not, that's not really a new one. But they were starting to draw parallels, and they were basically saying, you know, maybe all this, you know, postmodern, you don't need a family to raise a kid, you need a village shit, isn't exactly working as well as we thought. Because this is what happens when you don't have parents in the home, and they use things like a computer, a tablet, a smartphone, a television screen to raise your children. You know, what's interesting is all of the things that they said about the last 20 years, they didn't say the obvious one. Internet. That's exactly, I was just waiting for someone to stop talking so I could bring that up. I, that, that's, uh, to me, we had Well, that school. was brought up as part of the screen part, so I, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. that's, that's, no, that's. But it's, like, it's all the shit it's, it's tapping into us that, <laughs> that Todd brings up all the time. All, all of the, all of the, the shit it's stirring up in our brains. I put this in the last pod, and I don't know if you guys listened or not, but I, I, I would really like to hear your thoughts on this because there's a, I have an idea in my head after doing all this. Actually, it really is research at this point, I guess, and, and looking into this and thinking about it. It occurred to me that our normal state of being, you know, as human beings, is to have a small group of people. We've got our family. We've got our friends. We've got our coworkers. This is our social group, right? And we have evolved to interact with these people on a regular basis, organically, in-person, face-to-face, social cues, all this other stuff, right? And all of a sudden, in the last 20 years, tw when did the internet blow up? You use the arbitrary 20-year um, thing. That's right around 96, 97, right, when it really started to explode. Mm -hmm. 22 years, right? So now... Yeah, when everybody started having access exactly. to it. Exactly. It was more just a library in at school. Exactly. But you go back to Dylan Klebold and the, the Harris kid in Columbine. The internet was a thing then. Message boards were a thing then. You were able to go online and you were able to connect with people around the world instantaneously. So your circle of influence, outgoing and incoming influence, exploded exponentially. All of a sudden, instead of these hundred people that you're interacting with to get a sense of significance from as a human being, all of a sudden, instead of one in a hundred, you're one in a billion. How, how does that affect people? How does that particularly affect young people? Young people who are developing, young people who are, I, I apply your young man psychology here all you want, but how does that, how does that trigger? I just, I'm asking this and I want to hear both of you sort of expound on it, just your, your quick thoughts on it. But how does that affect somebody? How does that going from being a significant part of an organic organism to being an insignificant, minuscule part of a digital organism, how does that affect somebody and their sense of purpose, meaning, importance? And would that lead to someone who they always talk about how these, these people want notoriety? 
They want to be significant. And this is the best. Well, of course, now we've got all the media coverage with it as well. What better way to feel significant? I mean, well, <laughs> don't take that question the wrong way. But what more effective way to show your significance to a world that's ignoring you as a one in a billion than to do something like this? And rant, I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, what somebody says, better to be infamous than not famous at all. And to answer your question more directly, I think it might piss you off seeing all these these episodes we've seen in the last few years slash weeks slash days. What do you mean it might piss you off? I don't understand. Thinking you're uh, significant to realizing you are very very insignificant. Is it, you're seeing going from that 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 mentality of I matter to well I really don't fucking matter as your the universe around you expands so to speak. I'll show you I matter. I think. One, some of the most horrible creatures on the face of the earth are children, teenagers. <laughs> and I say that dead serious. Don't They're you, fucking vile creatures. You got to sell me they, on it. <clears throat> they are the biggest practitioners of groupthink, of don't be anything but what it takes to fit in. Do not be unique. And now that the nerd culture has became what used to be, I guess, jock culture and popular kid culture, Nerds are even worse because they exclude in, in so many subcategories. Well, you're not this type of nerd. You're this type of nerd. You're a D&D &D nerd. You're a video game nerd. You're a comic book nerd. And so you get kids now who not only put up with this shit in school, but, and by the way, they've grown up being told that every single thought that every single child has is valid. And there's no such thing as objective truth. It's all relative. And, you know, the cheesy moral relativism that comes with it. So they not only they get picked on at school, they go home and they hop online and they can get it anonymously and they can get it 10 times worse than you can get in school. And then they wonder why these kids who feel like completely ostracized and out and, and, and they feel like outsiders end up at 4chan or 8chan or one of these, you know, fringe websites where pretty much anything goes because it's the only place they can go and feel like they have any power. And if you take a kid and, and he feels completely powerless, what better way to say I'm not powerless than to go out and literally exert your will over someone to the point that they die? Show somebody, show everybody just how fucking powerful you are. Exactly. Now, I'm not in any way. No, you don't even have to say empath it. Empathizing with yeah, them. I'm just saying I understand the process that leads them to that. Yeah, I, I uh, would hope and I assume <laughs> that the regular Todd listener understands that. If you don't, go away. Yeah, please. You're in the wrong right. spot. You're lost. Guys, we fucked up the hall on the left. Go. <laughs> but, no, I, 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 you know, I read his, his manifesto. Uh, it got posted on Facebook of all places by a person I know and it was quickly taken down, but I, I was able to read it and it, he seemed like the type of kid, this is the El Paso shooter now, right. seemed like the type of kid, type of young man, whatever you want to call him, psycho, who was connecting dots that, that didn't need to be connected. I mean, the conspiracy theory, his basic conspiracy theory about why he, was not for immigration was against immigration and all this and more secure border was American company. These people come over here, American companies hire these people for sub wages. They would pay Americans. Then these people have kids. 
once these kids are born in America, they're Americans themselves. So then these kids get all the, the set-asides and, and the helping hand up. So they go and they get higher education, and then they take the higher educated jobs away from American citizens. So where does how immigration work? And he said, so where does that leave the American citizens? They, they can't get the, low, the, 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 the general labor jobs because, you know, their parents took them. And the kids are taking the high-tech jobs. And the problem is, in his eyes, they shouldn't have been here at all because they didn't come here legally. And I was Ooh. like, wow, that's, that's a pretty involved conspiracy. Yeah. Theory. yeah. <laughs> you're in El Paso. You're already close to Mexico. Just move there. Yeah, he, t- he took a little bit of time to sculpt that hunk of shit. Yeah, and I, I, I would say that a lot of it was him sitting by himself. Re- I, I, this is just my me imagining what happened sitting by himself, reading a lot of stuff online, um, even though I don't like how willy-nilly the term has been thrown around by some people, it is the proper use of the term, and got radicalized, self-radicalized, yeah. and then started with these, like I said, connecting dots from book A and book B, and the, and the, the two books aren't even, you know, one's a nonfiction book, one's a fiction book, and they're not even about the same subject. you know. Right. And once you start doing that, that's where you break with reality. There is a really huge part of this. I've been talking a lot about Jacques Ellul and that book, Propaganda, right? And I recently, <laughs> in the last few weeks, have noticed a, a massive connection between that book and the Jonathan Haidt book, The Righteous Mind, uh, which uh, is the source of the post hoc rationalization elephant thing that I've been talking about. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, what I've noticed is, or what I found last week, was this section toward the back, because I'm just kind of picking through it because I'm obsessed with this other stuff, but there's a section further back in the book that I hadn't seen yet, that there's a distinction when people talk about how people are liars, inherently, okay? And people also have this thing in in their being where they will find reasons to believe what they want to believe, right? This is how we're exploited and manipulated, all that shit. But he made a really cool point Uh, to point out the distinction between the psychology of, can I believe this, in quotes. Can I believe this? Is this something I can believe? That's the attitude and the mentality of somebody who wants to be convinced of something. And they'll go search out any information that supports it. As soon as they find one piece of information that supports it, they are sold. They are a true believer, right? Now, it sounds like an extreme case. We all do this in some way. The flip side of the coin, and I think that's what we're talking about here with this kid in um, El Paso. He found this stuff. He wanted to believe it. And that's how you get from A to B believing all of this bullshit you just sort of outlined and laid out. The flip side of this is when somebody's trying to convince you of something and you don't want to be convinced and you ask yourself, do I have to believe this? Do I really have to believe this? And you're going to find anything, anything at all, any nugget or kernel of information that will discredit it because you want it discredited. We sat here for 10 minutes. We could all make a list of probably 100 people and 100 examples of both of these. But I think that's how you get from A to B. This guy, this this shooter kid, whatever the fuck you want to call him, this little beast, wanted to believe this stuff. He felt, for whatever reason, I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze him, on a podcast, but for whatever reason he needed or wanted desperately to believe this, he went out online in this unregulated 
state of informational anarchy in which we live, the smorgasbord of happy facts and agreeable information where we can find anything, anything at fucking all to support what we want to believe or discredit what we don't want to believe. There is no tethering to objective truth. None of us give a fuck. Most of us don't give a fuck about objective truth. We just want our truth, that relativism, something that's going to support what we believe or something that discredits something we don't want to believe. And then you factor in both of these camps, both sides of the culture war, or the multiple fronts on this culture war, making each other hate each other. You're not going to listen to anything anybody has to say. And all of a sudden, all you have to do if you're this this little beast is find one piece of fucking conspiratorial information that's well-written, well-articulated. It's going to you know, give you the, the pathway. Yes, I believe this now. It's an epidemic. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you really want to go down this road. I, and so if you don't, I'll just let this statement stand on its own. I'm not really sure how to control it, for lack of a better <laughs> You can't. Term. I mean, you can't. You, you know, once you kick the hornet's nest, you don't have. You can't put the hornets back in there peacefully. So winter is here. Yeah. No, really. I, I I would love to run down that line. I mean, you none of us three are in a position to control anything. We just sit here and talk, right? But I think that's something that has to be thought about. Even if you can't control it, you had better be prepared for it. Is it going to affect all of us at some point? The only real control here, the only real control that could be exerted, and this has its own stickiness to it, is to reimplant the gatekeepers at the front uh, at the front gate. You have to regulate things. You have to regulate the internet. You cannot. We are in, unworthy, unfucking worthy. I don't give a fuck about your free speech. I don't give a fuck about your freedom. I don't give a fuck about any of that in this context. We are unworthy of informational anarchy. Our brains are flawed. I think we've been proving the last about decade we can't handle it. No. Now, this technology arrived way too soon. And I I am, uh, you know, a libertarian. I am, you're not going to take my freedom away. I'll say that, but I'll give you the finger. You try to take it away from me. I admit that contradiction, (laughs) but you can't, hmm. we're not ready for this. There is no way around this. You can't look at this objectively. You can't look at this even semi-objectively and avoid that fact. If you stick your head in the sand and you want to talk about video games, you want to talk about all this other, this rhetorical fuckery that we're deluged and drowning in every fucking day, that's fine. You can do that. You're permitted to do that. But you are going to be a victim of this just like everyone else, and you're going to be culpable when the final history of this shit is written. We are highly flawed when it comes to being able to see the truth, see reality for what it is. We are far more interested in seeing what we choose to believe. And that, going back to the theme of my podcast for the last fucking month, is the mechanism by which propaganda snares you, keeps you, gets you addicted to it, and turns you into an agenda-driven proselyte slash militant. We can sculpt our own reality now, right? With, with the access to all of this information. Exactly. And who's going to challenge it? We can build our own matrix. We have. So cool. I, yeah, cool. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been having this thought for 
last couple of weeks that I, I kind of view the internet, social media, the exchange of ideas on it is almost like a modern day Tower of Babel. I don't know the reference. I haven't read that story. Uh, well, it's from the Bible. It's in yeah, Genesis. Yeah. Uh, after the flood, the people got together and started building a tower up into the heavens. And they all spoke the same language. They shared the same knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. God saw it, wasn't exactly thrilled with it because, hey, they're starting to be smarter than I want them to be. So he basically made them so they spoke different languages. They couldn't communicate with each other and scattered them all across the world. Take the scattering across the world and making them speak different languages out of it. And it's like, basically, I, the, way I, the way I've always taken it, it's a parable about getting too much power too quick when you're not ready to deal with the, the fallout from having all that power and knowledge. And I think that this is what we're seeing a lot of with social media. You have people who, the minute they hear something they agree with, they just go down that rabbit hole and they never bother to take a look around anyplace else. And when people are that single-minded about something, it's very easy to get them ensnared in your world of bullshit. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. Sure. Because, and, and the fact that we have spent, when was the printing press invented? 50. Since then, we've spent, what'd you say, 14 something? 1400s, I think, 1450-ish. Yeah. We've spent, you know, literally centuries perfecting, you know, sound bites and, and you know, little bite-sized nuggets and terms to feed people for them to regurgitate. And now we can spread it instantaneously and we can tailor it to the people we're trying to ensnare with our bullshit. Exactly. You know, as you pointed out, kids in cages. Uh, no one needs an assault weapon. You know, Concentration and camps at the border. Which, by the way, I did see something funny. <laughs> uh, the notorious AOC, I guess, posted a tweet saying, why would anyone need an assault weapon? And someone responded, bitch, wasn't it you just said that the government's building concentration camps a few weeks ago? <laughs> and I about pissed myself. <laughs> See, there are some good things about the internet. <laughs> I've seen some of the funniest things in the world on the internet, I swear to God. But no, it, I, I, don't, I don't think this monstrosity we've built, it, it kind of goes back to scientists or, or inventors do something because they haven't seen it done before. And they, and they want to push the, the edges of technology and knowledge. And then here come the people to basically corrupt and exploit their work. And I have no doubt that the, the intentions behind the internet, the people who were sitting down and doing it, it wasn't so we could get pornography cheap and free. It wasn't so people could share. Now, every technology know. has positive side effects. Yeah. That's and, funny. of course, we have done what, as humans, we do. Yeah. We get in there and we, we find out, oh, we can turn this into a way to, to subjugate and shit on other people. And we can do it without having to worry about getting our teeth knocked down our fucking throat. Oh, shit. This is a coward's wet dream. Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a pacifist bitch wet dream. Mm -hmm. He can talk all the shit he wants and he never has to worry about anyone fucking showing up on his doorstep. Unless you fuck with the the wrong person and you get you get swatted or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that, honestly. 
I, I, it no, horrifies come me. Come on, say they that. shoot the dogs when the SWAT team busts in. Yeah. Just dox them and put their shit online. <laughs> and then have somebody show up and swat the bitch in the snout. That would be great. I don't want to see anybody shot. Well, no, I don't want to see anybody shot. I had to think about that for a minute. But I'd like to see some people get their asses beat for some of the shit they say online. Is that wrong of me to say? I, it's not legal. It's not legal. I'm not a law Maybe. enforcement officer. <laughs> it may, it, I mean, if if we're going to sit here and preach objective truth, and 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 there is such thing as is right and wrong. I mean, I, I, yeah, it feels wrong, but at the same time, yeah, it kind of feels a little right. This is how we evolved, man. We taught our kids, or we used to teach our kids, that you punch a bully in the face. That's how you get them to stop bullying you. You fight back. And we've taken that physical accountability that children learn when they're young on the schoolyard or in the school. Do they even go to the fucking schoolyard anymore? Oh, they've cut recess in so many schools. Yeah, that it's, when we were kids, when yeah. we were young, and I'm not trying to uh, get off my... When I was young and I was climbing the hill every winter. That's not what I'm trying to... When we were young, though, you lived off to the wrong... I have several really embarrassing examples of this happening to me. Terribly embarrassing examples that I will not even tell here. But I was a mouthy. Can you believe I was a mouthy kid? Does that shock you? No. <laughs> possible. A little obnoxious periodically, even more so than now. But I got my ass beat a few times. And it taught me, oh, my God, I should probably regulate this. I'm not getting <laughs> the reaction that I expected. That hurt. This is how we evolved. This is how we established, long ago in our barbaric past, this is exactly how we established social norms. We beat our kids' our kids' asses when they didn't behave. And if they went out of the hut, went across the cornfield, and, you know, flicked the neighbor chick in the tit, she got her ass beat by Big Brother. We learned accountability that way. That is how we developed. And it's gone now. There is no accountability, particularly in this field, particularly in this realm, the online realm, the digital virtual realm. There is no real accountability left. What are you going to get? You're going to get owned by somebody? We've removed the threat of violence so much from two, at least two generations, arguably the, the tail end of Gen X, too. You can say two and a half, I guess, if you want to be specific. But yeah. we've removed it so much that we now have two and a half generations walking around saying words are as violent as an ass whooping. And I'm like, you've never had your ass whooped. Yeah. You can, if someone can, if someone can stand in front of me and say whatever they want, but I know they're never going to lay a hand on me. It might piss me off. They might say something to hit strike that, you know, strikes close to the bone, but I can walk away from that. I've taken ass whoopings and given ass whoopings that people didn't get up and walk away from without the help of other people. All right. I've never gave someone a verbal tongue lashing to the point where they couldn't walk away from it. <laughs> I've never seen that verbal tongue lashing. I'd like to, I'd like to see if it's possible, <laughs> but you know, it, it blows my mind. And once again, I've said this before. I don't know if I said it on your show, Todd. I know I've said it to you. And I've said this is unregimented. It's always the people who go, I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in violence. I don't fight who run their fucking mouths the most. Cause they think somehow if they announce they're a pacifist, that it gives them some sort of magic bubble that no one will, will, 
will come into their area of operation and rearrange their face for them. Right. It's the same with, you know, if you've ever known a repo man, ask him who, who's the worst person to repo something from. And he'll tell you women because women <laughs> think they're protected. It doesn't matter if she's a, a ghetto bitch from, from the East side of Detroit or a rich bitch from West Bloomfield. They'll get up in your face. They'll call you every name in the world. They'll spit on you. They'll threaten you. They'll do, they'll emasculate you. They'll talk about your mama, your dick size, how ugly your wife is. Your children are ugly. Probably ain't your children anyways. All that shit. Why? Because most men won't hit a woman for anything they say. Now, you, you do have this, the dudes who are like, hey, look here, bitch. You want equal rights. I'm about to give you a fistful of equal rights. <laughs> so, I mean, but it's, yeah. This ain't going to go over well with a lot of people, but it's the, it's the feminine feminization of society. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm gonna, it may not go over well with a lot of people, but I'm going to take it a step further. Because the further we go, I, when you were describing the female having her car repoed, I wasn't thinking of somebody having their car repoed. I'm thinking Antifa. I've seen videos of these bitches. I've seen, I probably run into a few of them at the protests in Chicago as well, but I've seen a lot of that. And I, I'm just wondering, okay, if you don't understand that Arya Stark was a fucking cartoon character and you think you're fierce and vicious and everything and you want to you know, be able to get, jump up and smack people and abuse people verbally and physically and you think that that bubble wrap, that imaginary invisible bubble wrap on you is going to protect you, you keep pushing down that line, that deference a lot of guys are giving you right now is going to go away. I, I don't like saying that. But I sense it. I sense at some point, okay, <laughs> this is your idea of equality. Let's have some fucking equality. Pull your fucking sword now, Arya. How you doing down there? Yeah, and it's, it's sad, but, excuse me, you can go online and watch hours upon hours of videos of women in public beating, attacking men, and... People just laugh about it, get in the comment section, start cracking up because, you know, it's like Eddie Murphy said when he made the movie Norbert or Norbit, you know, they said, you know, why did you make this movie? And he said, because I witnessed a woman beating her man bloody in public and I watched everyone stand around and laughed. And that's when I realized that if a man beats a woman, it's a tragedy. If a woman beats a man, it's a comedy. And the fact that I made this movie and it made as much money as it did seemed to prove me right now, didn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I was like, there you go. I, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about the conversation. And you and I have had a lot of these conversations privately. Uh, we may have done it on Unregimented last year as well, but I doubt it. Uh, but what really bothers me about this is that this isn't an abstract thing. We're not thinking, you know, having a conversation about some dystopian future 200 years down the road. I think this is, there are a lot of people out there that I suspect are thinking the same goddamn thing. It just ain't saying it in public yet. And there's going to come a point in time where this is going to get so fucking insufferable that it's going to start seeping out. And once it starts seeping out, once you start flicking people in the dick too many times because you think you can without accountability, you're going to get sick of it. They're going to have enough. And if that's your idea the of equality, boomerang. yeah, if, you, if that's your idea of equality, well, let's be equal, bitch. Let's see how this works out for you. It didn't work out too well for you a few thousand years ago. When you're being drugged into caves by the hair. There's a reason you've got that bubble wrap on you. You want to take it off, that's fine. 
I don't know that you're going to really appreciate the results of that existence once you do. It's mean to say something like that, and it's, you know, probably, I don't know, there's somebody, you, know, you fucking misogynist. Am I really a misogynist for saying that? Well, I welcome that accusation because when a woman tells the truth, we all just have to shut up and agree and clap and go, oh, yeah, so stunning, so brave. When a man tells the truth, he's a misogynist. <laughs> so if telling the truth makes me a misogynist, then I'm a misogynist, or, and I'm unapologetic yeah, about it. He's a misogynist. He's a racist. He's a lot of fucking things. Yep, sure. You know what? Eminem made the, 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 the saying popular, but it was Rakim, or Rakim from Eric B. and Rakim who originally said it. I am what you say I am. I just don't give a fuck anymore. What are you going to do to me that hasn't been done? And that's a problem. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is a problem. If you're going to call me that anyway, why am I stopping? I mean, we... There's a guy in the White House and a bunch of his supporters who you could argue are already subscribing to that line of thinking. <laughs> you think? What do they have to lose now? Not a goddamn thing. Yay. The, 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 very, inter the very interesting part of this <laughs> is, that, is that we're being set up. We've been positioned. We're right on the cusp of it, in my opinion, that we're in a catch-22 society, meaning you're always supposed to believe women when they tell their Me Too story and never question them and act as if they're telling the absolute 100% God's honest truth. And then you got to cancel her, you know, her, the person she's accusing and you have to ostracize them. But then if it ever comes out that, hmm, this was all bullshit. Well, she gets to continue to have a career, and he has to backdoor his way in back into where he was in society. He can't just come in through the front door, because, especially if he's famous, because they're not going to print the story that, that you know the charges were investigated and found to be bullshit on the front page like they did the accusation. They're going to bury it in the back and give it one or two paragraphs. Case in point, it, this didn't happen with a woman. It happened with Kevin Spacey, but that court case was dropped. You barely heard a blip about that. Yet when he was accused of it, it was all over the place to the point where they took him off of his fucking show. And there were, there were television and, and, and streaming services saying that, you know, we don't even know if we're going to show his old movies. He was in. replaced in a movie by Christopher Plummer. That too. And I mean, you know, we're, we live in a society now where you're not supposed to see color, but we constantly are talking about people of color and then, well, who does that leave out? Cause apparently we're just transparent as white people. We have no color, you know, I mean, it's a misnomer in the first place, but we love those in That's society fucking, as is. It's a fucking euphemism. Everybody except white people, fuck white people. They don't count. And I mean, look, I'm not saying that there isn't a lot of reasons for people who've been shit upon by, yeah, just to be honest, old white men in power to not be pissed. But if I get robbed by a black guy and I get pissed at all black people, I'm a racist. If they get shit upon by George Bush and they hate all white people, well, that's just, you know, what are you going to do there? I you mean, know what? Come on now. That triggered a thought here. And I, uh, I left the, the resistance in early 2017. Right. And I think one of the things that happened 
One of the things that really got me thinking about this and planted the seed to get the fuck out of that that fucking Jonestown camp was we were broken into while I was down in Peru in 2015 in Chicago. And I realized that I couldn't say anything, that if I said anything at all condemning the person who broke into our apartment and stole my MacBook, you motherfucker, I love that computer too. <laughs> and my TV. Took a whole bunch of shit. Some money out of the dresser. I was down in Peru. That was some of my travel money. I was pissed. And I realized that if I had said anything about crime in Chicago, coming up from the south side to break into somebody's place on the north side. Yeah, racist. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're fucking staying yet, you fucking racist. Oh, you're just an evil white bastard. I think that planted the seed. Something changed after that. I finally started to sound like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm watching the news every night here in Chicago, and all these shootings on the south side of Chicago have something in common, but we can't say anything about that. Why is that? Mm. Fuck the story. Interesting, isn't it? It's fucking peculiar. Real fucking peculiar. There was, what, 59 shootings this weekend in Chicago? Seven people died? And if you look at what they have, well, first of all, they redefine mass shootings to mean uh, three or more people involved. Naturally. That's three people is a mass of humanity, apparently, now. Um, <laughs> or a convenient statistic. Yeah. But if you actually, you know, and I've seen this from all the usual suspects and in, in my friends on, you know, online, they'll put a picture of Timothy McVeigh or they'll put a picture of one of the shooters from this weekend and they'll say, this is what a terrorist looks like. And I'm like, ooh, but if you put pictures of, you know, people putting IEDs on the side of the road in Afghanistan and Iraq, that's racist. First of all, no, it's not. They're Muslim. Muslim's not a race. It's a religion. Fuck you, you ignorant bastard. Get educated. Second of all, no, that is what a terrorist looks like. Just like, yeah, you're right. The white guy that shot up the the Walmart and, and the guy who shot up the bar district in Ohio. Yeah, those are terrorists. They were they were wanting to inflict terror. You're absolutely right. But just like you accuse the right of only wanting to see people darker than a, a redhead with a sunburn as terrorist, you don't want to see anyone lighter than a high yellow brother as anything but a terrorist. What was the black so guy that, you. that shot up the factory down in, uh, what was it, Aurora, Illinois, I think, earlier this year? Oh. He's a black guy. Is Breaking that a color ter- barrier? Is that a terrorist? Yeah, he broke the glass yeah. ceiling. What about Johnny Lee Malvo uh, and, and his, what was it, his... his or the, 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 the D.C. sniper. Remember, they were looking for white guys? Yeah. And then, and, 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 then, and then when they found them, black people were like, huh, oh, shit, we've come a long way where we could do some traditional white guy crime and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, well, when are we going to start generalizing all these mothers that uh, snuff out their children, drive them into lakes and shit, too? Okay, but Todd, oh, yeah, women, yeah. <laughs> women never kill Wait. for the reasons men kill. Start- men kill because they hate. Women kill because they snapped. They were pushed to it. They had no choice. Because they have love you ever noticed too much. That? They love too much. Oh. Yeah. I there, is a, there, is a, there is a program on Lifetime. Shocking, I know. The Women in Crisis channel. That is all about <laughs> women who kill people. Not without my called, uterus. Yeah. <laughs> it is called Snapped. And every single episode is Oh, she was abused. Right. Mommy and daddy didn't love her enough. Basically, walking right up to the line of rationalizing 
her behavior, but going, we understand that it's not socially acceptable, but does she really deserve life in prison for drowning her three children? Right. No, give her five, 10 years and rehabilitate her. It's amazing. I just don't walk around and commit crimes all day with this penis attached to me. Somebody should put you up for like canonization, Chris. How do you do that? How are you not raping everyone? We already got a St. Christopher. We can have a St. Christopher version 2.0. <laughs> oh, we have a new nickname. St. Christopher. I wish I had my, my heavenly music. I can't find it. No, I'm gonna... ah. Nope. Escape. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Let's just do that. I had some heavenly music on my hotkeys at some point. Every time you talk from now on, Chris, after this episode, after we record tonight, I'm going to have that on there. Once you begin to speak, I shall have the angels upon high. Singing in the background, just for you, well, Saint Christopher. It's, if it's Ooh. if it's for Chris, shouldn't it be angels we've heard while high? <laughs> oh, buzzing! <laughs> Say it. <laughs> I, I can't. Actually, th- I can't take credit for that. I think that was the tagline for the movie Dog. So sorry. Just saying. <laughs> well, I, I I'm getting the uh, the idea and the the impression anyway that there may there be you. some ladies out there who are uh, violently twitching at this point. Well, I hope we didn't push you to snap and you don't have to kill your children after this episode. Yeah, no shit. Here's something for you. why they're violently twitching. <laughs> there you go. Just listen for a moment, ladies. <laughs> it helps, doesn't it? Yes, Arya. Don't be enraged. We're only speaking truth. Put it on the washing machine. <laughs> Now go make me a chicken pot pie, bitch. <laughs> Turkey. And chicken. And the beer bottle openers next to the sink. Are you barefoot and pregnant yet? We can work on that later. After you suck my dick adequately. Adequate. It See, it helps. You can't even, you can't be enraged listening to that, despite everything I just said about chicken pot pies and, and Bud Light in the fridge. You're not mad. Why only shooting for adequate? (laughs) You wanted to suck your soul out? Yeah, suck it it well. (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) Suck it well. There you go. That's the next podcast. Hot pies, suck it well. Sucked adequately. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there's some rage out there. Well, what do you think, guys? We're about an hour in. Is this a good point to stop down for this episode of love and tolerance and acceptance? Well, I did want to, because if we're going to move on to, to, to different subjects, I did want to say that um, in large part, thanks to listening to your podcast for the last month or so, I've actually started to seek out uh, the fringes of what's considered mainstream media. I've been listening to, it's funny, I have to go to AM for the right wing, and I have to go to NPR for the left wing. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, now, first of all, I don't know either of the shooters' names, and I don't care to learn their shitty fucking names, fuck them, whatever. Care. So I'll just refer to, we've talked about the El Paso one. This is about the kid in Toledo. And. Wait, Toledo or Dayton? Or Dayton? Dayton, excuse me. Oh, ooh, I pulled a Trump. Yeah, you did. Oh, <laughs> did. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. Probably because I just read that story before we started talking, so I thought it was in my head. 
Well, if there was a shooting in Toledo, I'd be like, what Michigander went down there and shot up Toledo? <laughs> right. oh, yeah. Fucking Monroe Public Schools. God damn it. He's, he's probably he's probably a Wolverine fan shooting at Buckeye fans. <laughs> Bring Toledo You're just back. a hair. That's not, motherfucker. Take that. Toledo's ours. Play. God damn it. Bring it back. No one wants Toledo, not even Ohio. I think it, the, the fight would be over who gets to take it. That who what, has to take it? Is that where Joe the plumber was from? Remember him? Is he Toledo? I think so. I thought he was from like four different places simultaneously. Depending I think on I read something to, to be at. Toledo used to belong to Michigan. And right, something happened where Ohio wanted it. Yeah, we, had, we went to war, actually. Like a little war over that little stretch of fucking farm wasteland down there. Jesus, so over Toledo? Yeah. That's why we have that funky little border down at the bottom. Okay, so the Dayton shooter. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing to listen to NPR try to shoehorn some w- white nationalism, racist ideology to this kid, but then ultimately have to admit the best, well, not admit, <laughs> they, they told a half-truth. The, the best we know is that we haven't found anything as of yet. Whereas if you went to all his social media and saw snapshots of his social media before it was taken down, he was an Elizabeth Warren supporter. He's anti-cop. He was a Bernie bro at one point. He's a self-identified uh, leftist. On his profile, yeah. it says leftist. Exactly. He gives his pronouns. Oh, I saw I don't that. Know oh, what my Trump God. person is going to give his pronouns, so... The biggest indicators I, I talked about in the last podcast, like I'll go and I'll look at people's profile before I even consider whether or not I'm going to engage this person. I go look at them. That's the first thing I look for. If you give your pronouns, we don't have much to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah. Everything should be real fucking short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're right. That was right there on the shooter's profile. Him, his, whatever the fuck it was. And I was reminded of the other mass shooter from earlier this year who the media immediately jumped on to the, you know, white male, white male. Then it turns out he self-identified as a trans female and he did not have any type of, excuse me, she did not have any type of white nationalist connections. And that story got buried quicker than a serial killer buries a body he don't want found. I have not heard Talks of this. With the narrative. Exactly. I have not heard of this. Exactly. No, I'm serious. The reason for that. I have not. No, heard. no. There no. was a trans person who shot up something. Mm-hmm. Please, please enlighten me. Hold on here. Let me just take it off the top of my head. head. I don't. I don't. We don't need to. Okay. Well, I, I, all I all I remember is it, it was it was a shooting. He was involved. Is it okay? Hold on, hold on. There's a little confusion here. As always, does this person have a dick or not? Pre-op trans. Yeah. So yes. So it's a he. We're going to call him he. This is my podcast. It's a he. (laughs) If it has a dick, it's a he. It's the language we've all agreed upon. I don't care what the little voice in its head said. It's a he. Proceed. So, yeah, so the, the usual suspects started coming out of the woodwork. Uh, a couple social media pictures of him got posted, and people were like, he doesn't look like the usual MAGA Trump supporter. He's got, like, you know, purple and pink hair in certain ones. And by the way, like, No dick, by the way, on that, that shooter. Oh, there wasn't? It was, it was female becoming male. 
Oh, oh see, this is bad. even, this is fucking better. Oh, this is great. Yeah. So there, see, this is how buried the story was. I, I wish I had, I wish I had seen this. Yeah. So Almost the year old. Oh, so it was last year. Okay. I thought it was early this year. See, so, this is, so this she, is what I'm saying. This is how buried these stories get. Yeah, this yes, is great. She, so she, we can, we can talk about a woman going and shooting someplace up. Well, I mean, not only Another that. glass healing broken here on the program, everybody. <laughs> not only, not only that, but there's. <laughs> so the glass ceiling, go ahead. Sorry. Not only that, but I mean, there's a, uh, th- this pops up once the, you know, a shooting happens and the people start posting pictures of, you know, the white shooters and saying, this is what a terrorist looks like. And it gets added to every time there's a mass shooting and it says mass shooters, 2019. And I mean, I can send you guys the picture and you can tell me what, 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 what do you notice about, I'd say a good half of these mass shooters. And I want your honest opinion because I don't, and I don't want to influence you. I just want, I just sent it to you guys. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah. Oh my God. They're not white. The mega hats on everybody is kind of, you know, disconcerting. Oh there's wait. There's not one. <laughs> well. Yeah. No, there's not. Black, 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 black. So each per, every person charged or arrested with shooting four plus people in a single incident in 2019. And this way, has come this on, has, Whitey. This we're, has, we're flagging behind. Yeah, this has the kid from uh, Dayton on there too. Or uh, is that El Paso, the one that the creepy looking bitch at the bottom? He looks like he one has. From Dayton, one from El Paso. So the, that's both of the, the the two more recent, but the two prior to that were two black guys. Oh, look, a Ooh. Latino. Another Latino. I don't know what the fuck that is. There's there's actually a couple women in there too. Shocking, huh? And I and I mean I mean biological women, just so we're on the same page here. There's there's at least two that I can see without without a doubt are biological women. There's an albino in so. there. It looks like Daenerys Targaryen's brother. <laughs> wow! Yeah, shitty lighting. This is a racially diverse group of people. Huh. We're an inclusive society now, everybody. <laughs> but see, now here's the retort to this when this gets posted. You're showing people who are in gang fights or in gang shootouts. We're talking about white people who, you know, to where if you're not a criminal, you don't have to worry about getting shot or caught in their uh, yeah, yeah, crossfire. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. That's, that's the, the retort. Hey, Whereas, you're the you one know. who's defined. This is the definition of mass shooting now. So this is, these are the perpetrators. It's, it's, and by the way, whoever sorry. made this meme actually added a person because it, on NPR and WWJ, they've both defined it this the last couple of days as three or more people, not four or more. So they've actually raised there's, there's a bar, more. a person. Yeah. You know, redefining things for your own uh, ideological, but it reminds me, this is why racist has been redefined in the last, what, five years or so. Was it the ACLU that pulled this, this horse shit of redefining commonly used terms, commonly understood terms. So now it's race plus power. Equals racism, yeah. Right. So everybody, now now you can't have reverse racism. You can't, that's such a stupid term. You can't have black on white racism. No, to be fair, Todd, it's not a recent thing. How far? That goes back to the, to the first season. I remember the very first season in 92 of The Real World where the country white girl who they put in New York. With, oh, yeah. With, with Beth. Kevin. Beth How do I remember Kevin that? Got, they got into an argument. Yeah. And... 
he said, I can't be racist. Only you can because you're white and race plus power equals racism. And she kept saying, what power do I have over you? What do I have? What can I make you do? What power do I have over you? He goes, you don't understand it because you're white. You don't see it because you inhabit your whiteness. Uh, you inhabit your whiteness? You actually yeah. say that? You actually use that phrase? How the fuck do you know? If I remember correctly. Uh, right. So, yeah, it was very interesting listening to NPR try to do their best to, like I said, shoehorn some white nationalist racist you know, tones into the Dayton shooter. And basically... Uh, yesterday, I noticed when it really started hitting the media that he was nowhere near a white nationalist, they just yeah. stopped talking about him and only focused on the El Paso shooter. They're doing live broadcasts from El Paso. Have you noticed that? That's a twofer. You got the border there, Beto's from there. I mean, oh, man, that's bring out the elephants yeah. and the clowns. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's ripe for... They're doing remote broadcasts. Days of coverage. They're doing remote broadcasts from El Paso, the scene of a fucking mass shooting. The way we used to do live broadcasts from Ribvest. From Harold Ziegler Dodge or fucking whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Bubba's used car emporium. Come on down, get this new Cutlass, boys. Woo! JD By Rider. Hey, give, hey, free plug for two car dealers, by the way, in West Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they, I'm sure they fucking appreciate it on this show. Oh, thanks yeah, for associating this conversation. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna get a cease and desist letter this week. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you think about it, and I noticed another. There was another thing that I think I talked about on the show this week was that uh, th- this weekend, like Rachel Meadow, Rachel. She had a special show. She's never on on Sundays. She was this week, I think. I think it was Sunday. And her entire set was blown up. Nation in crisis. Bum, bum, bum. Like it was election coverage. All of the imagery that she would have up there for some, yeah, like an election. And she was just doing nonstop. Just, it's, they're exploiting the fuck, they're publicizing the snot out of this. Yeah. Commercial, it's like. I wanted no part of the, of anything on Sunday. No. Yeah, I made the mistake of, uh. Well, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I would flip over to see what was going on. Because actually, I like CNN on Sundays because their documentaries are really good. They do <clears throat> documentaries really well, like the movies and shit. But I wanted to see what was on, and there it was. And it was just like, I saw that. I listened to her, you know, fart a couple of things out. And all of a sudden, my blood pressure, it, it didn't take, it took two seconds for my blood pressure to just skyrocket. All of a sudden, I'm just like, <laughs> you have to avoid this shit, man. You can't, I don't know. Maybe you react differently to it than we do, Rich. But I noticed, I asked on my Facebook feed, uh, the few friends that I have left on there, if they were feeling it. I had a few people like, yep. It's just like anxiety, anger, whatever, because of uh, the coverage. And I think a lot of it, at least with me anyway, had to do with the discussions, the stupid discussions surrounding all this. My wife was all worked up, talking about, oh, we live in sad times and all this. And and I'm sitting there like, you know, the old me would have like tried to like, you know, push back and shut her up and this and that. And I'm just kind of like nodding and smiling, there, you know, doing a couple things because I'm still me. But you know, eventually, <laughs> just like, yeah, hey, y- y'all better now. You know, like yesterday before I left for work, I'm like, don't watch the news all day, and it's not good for you. Like, yeah, I, okay, I know. Yeah. 
she's got a degree in psychology. Like she knows this it doesn't shit fucking goes matter. on too. That shit does not matter. That's one of the things that I've taken out of this book. The, the, one of the big things that I've taken out of this book. It is in the last podcast. It doesn't matter if you're educated. It doesn't matter if you're smart. It doesn't. None of this shit matters. You're gonna get sucked into this one way or another. In intellectuals. Yeah, no, you let me intellectual. I can't be. I can't be snared in by prompt. bullshit. The thing is, is that I think, and this isn't in the book, this is my own extrapolation of this, is that I think the smarter you are, if you have a high intellect or you can articulate something, you can bullshit yourself, oh, all that much better. Because you're smart, you can create more absurd or more creative or more um, elaborate mental fuckery. I don't think that that's, definitely is not you know, some magic underwear that you can wear around to protect yourself from propaganda and mis disinformation or misinformation, however you want to look at it, however you want to term it, that does not protect you from this. Still make the emotive judgments, the emotive conclusions the same as everyone else. It's a human thing, not an education. Allison always thing. wins. Absolutely. I don't really find myself getting anxious. I do find myself getting perturbed and wanting to... Because <laughs> most most of the stuff I listen to is is it, it, I, I find myself in the car listening to. Yeah, and I'm sure that if I'm at a red light, someone's hopefully thinking I'm talking on a hands free phone and having an animated conversation. When really, I'm yelling at the radio, going, "You're they're constantly using the lie of omission, omitting facts that don't support their their position. Yeah, they're constantly glossing over anything that okay, like case in point, the, the picture that, that I sent that showed the mass shooters. Okay, so now, if that picture was the picture that the media was putting out, I guarantee you the question of uh, the situation these shooters were brought up in, uh, mental health, you know, lack thereof to get help with mental health, would be on the table. But when it's a white guy that shoots up a place and that gets brought up, that gets shouted down by people on the left. Just like when it's a black guy that does the shooting and, you know, well... Look at the environment he was brought up in, et cetera, et cetera. It gets shouted down by people on the right. No, he's just a stone cold killer. The truth to me lies somewhere in the middle. There are people who are fucking just fundamentally damaged. And it doesn't matter if it was Trump, Obama. Charles Manson listened to the Beatles and decided to try to start a race war by killing a bunch of rich people in Hollywood. Okay. The Beatles. He got the same message from the monkeys. Okay. Like he was crazy. That's all there is to it. We need to deal with that, and but no one wants. Nope, nope, nope. Not unless you know these aren't really. First of all, they're not mass shooters. Those are just people caught up in the gang lifestyle, and you know they really had no choice because of where they were brought up and blah blah blah. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Doesn't make any fucking sense because it's affecting their mental health how they were brought up. If you're going to use this excuse that they were brought up in a bad environment, then their mental health was fucked up by it, right? They're not mentally. Ding, ding. Yeah, it doesn't. You're, you're. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, that's what I do in my car a lot. What you just did. Well, we're talking about the same thing. You don't. Have, you may not have to. You may not call it anxiety or anxious, but we're talking about exactly the same thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, last week, Rich, I was I was talking about in our pre-show chat on unregimented. Like when you don't participate, like I do, and then I paid attention for two days. I was saying the pre-show chat. Oh, thank God we're having a show. I am exhausted. I've been paying attention to the news for two days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank God we're having the show. 
you, you feel yourself getting agitated. It sucks. Yeah, it's horrific what it does to people. Let's let's uh let's step this one down. You got time for one more, right, Rich? Mm-hmm. Escapingthecave.com, also over at um, ChristopherMedia.net. It's your website, Chris. How's that website doing? Uh, ChristopherMedia.net. Yeah. How is ChristopherMedia.net doing? Uh, it's going well. Tell us about ChristopherMedia.net. Traffic is up. I have, I have a feeling it might have something to do with this show. But that's good. It's going well. You can uh, check out uh, Spreaker.com, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Nice. And can I, can I interject one thing real quick? Sure. I, I am not a huge fan of the host politics, but we do have a show called The Projection Booth on ChristopherMedia.net, and it's one of the best shows about, they, they go into deep dives about movies. The host tends to be a little too woke for my taste, like he needs to go to sleep for, he needs to take a nap. But, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know overall, it's what's an it, what's excellent it, show. What's his name? Uh, Mike White. Mike White, okay. Now, did Mike White inherit that from your, your buddy? No, Mike started it. Oh, Mike started it. Okay. I, I no, thought Rob, buddy Rob was just a passenger. It's, it's a really good show if you're into movies, and I'm assuming some of your listeners are. You just have to, sometimes you're going to hear something, and you're going to go, oh, God, and roll your eyes and be like, okay, whatever. But that's anything. I'm sure people roll their eyes at us all the time. That's so. bullshit. Well, if they're top listeners, do they, does he review the Zapruder film? Back into the left. <laughs> yeah, back into the left. <laughs> I, he did. Re- I think they reviewed JFK. <laughs> nice. That's for you, Mike. For uh, for Rich telling you you need to take a nap. This one's for you. <laughs> yeah, that show. I uh, that's been up there for a while. It's been on the network for a few years, right? Oh, he's been going as old as the network is. Add three, almost four years. That's how long he's been doing it. That show's a yeah, big deal. That's, it's actually yeah. beyond the network. That show's got a... Uh, I, I did a little checking on it, I don't know, a couple of years back, and I was like, oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah, well, because <laughs> no, you don't, you don't give a shit. He'll bug anyone for an interview, and most of the times, like, you, people say yes. It's the whole the whole adage of you don't know if you don't ask. Yeah. And, and that's really gotten them legs, and they've, gotten, they've been reviewed by a lot of big, big deal uh, websites, publications, and... Nice. Yeah. Check him out. Nice. Mike White and uh, Rob's not on there anymore, huh? No. Okay. He shows up every now and then. Gotcha. He's a but he's not star, full-time yeah. anymore. All right. Cool. And uh, Unregimented's over there as well. You don't need to listen to that. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, you do. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, do all of them. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're going to come back for one other one. Thanks for clicking in, uh, escapingthecave.com, Christopher's website as well, christophermedia.net. And if you enjoyed this episode, I suggest you check back in a day or two. We're going to have another one. Talk to you later. Screw you guys, I'm going home.